Many years ago, I went to a school down at uh, NIU in DeKalb, where I, where I graduated. And uh, when I was there, I, I would go to Mass at the Newman Catholic Student Center. That's the, kind of the campus church. And uh, after graduating and able to call the priesthood, eventually was ordained a priest. And then in 1995, I was, I was uh, assigned as the, the pastor down at the, the Newman Center. And I, I noticed something when I first started down there that I never noticed when I was a college student. I went to Mass there many times. But right above the, the, the church doors, there was a, a scripture quote from the, from the book of John in the, in, the, in the New Testament, chapter 4, verse 20. And how can you say you love God whom you have not seen if you fail to love your neighbor whom you have seen? How can you say you love God whom you have not seen if you fail to love your neighbor whom you have seen? Never noticed it when I was a college student, but I uh, thought, wow, that's, that's a really a great passage right there because you're going into the church, that union with God, and then, uh, you know, the challenge to, to live it out in, in daily life in our, in our interactions with others. And uh, that con connects with the, the, this, this gospel today and actually the uh, reading from Deuteronomy as well, where Jesus has asked a, a very poignant, pointed question, which is the first of all the commandments? And uh, what he does is he, uh, he quotes from Deuteronomy, the Shema, as the Jews called it, and it's a central commandment. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. And for, uh, for a faithful Jew, they would recite that in the morning at the end of the day. It would oftentimes be affixed near their, the entrance to their home. And uh, sometimes they had a, little, a piece of parchment that they would put in a, in a, in a small box and wear it on their, their wrist or even on their, on their forehead just to, re, to remind them of the, the centrality of this particular commandment. But what Jesus does, he, uh, he adds to it here. And uh, what, is, what does Jesus say? Now, the second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And uh, that sounds very, very benign. And we've heard it many, many times, but it's very challenging. And uh, Jesus is bringing these together, love of God, love of neighbor, love of self, in a very intimate, connected way. And uh, that's the challenge. And another thing that Jesus does here, when he says to love your neighbor as, your, as yourself, who's your neighbor? And remember that passage in Luke where someone asked Jesus that very question. And as Jesus often did, he shared a story, he shared a parable to illustrate the heart of God. And it's, it's the great parable of the Good Samaritan where this Jewish man is waylaid by robbers, he's in the ditch, some of his... Uh, Fellow Jews walk right on by. They, they don't stop to help him. But who stops to help this man but the Samaritan, the Gentile, the foreigner? And he even goes the extra mile and he said, takes him to an inn. And he says, on my way back, if there's greater need yet or I need to reimburse, you know, I, I, will, I will do that on my, on my way back. And then Jesus asks, who, who was neighbor to this man? And it was the Samaritan. You know, the time of Jesus and actually throughout human history, when it comes to who's my neighbor, certainly the time of Jesus, it'd be those who are part of one's clan, one's, one's race, one's ethnic group, one's religion, but not necessarily those other people. And that's what Jesus, he challenges right, right here, when he's basically saying that, that every person is neighbor. And uh, that, that's pretty radical. And he, he links it up with, with, with love of God. And 
You know, how, do we, how do we know we're, we're growing in the great command of Jesus? As he brings these, as he brings these, these together, you know, I, I think it's, it's really looking at our lives, our, our, our daily lives. You know, out there in the work world, you know, you, you're evaluated, you kind of get a sense of how you're doing. You know, the students take tests, papers, you, 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 get, you get evaluation. Almost every area of life, if someone asks you, hey, how's your faith life? How's your relationship with God going? How do we, how do we evaluate that? You know, we could say, well, I, you know, I go to Mass, I pray. But we might even stumble a little bit in trying to respond to that, that question. How do you know if you're growing in your relationship with God? And I, I think what Jesus said, you know, take a look at your, at your life and what's going on there. Because really, our, our, the authenticity, the genuineness of our, of our faith and the sincerity, it's really reflected in, in, in daily life and living, living out the gospel. What a, what a challenge that is to put it together. And St. Paul, in his letter to the Galatians, it's in chapter 5, verses 22-23. He lifts up the, what he calls the fruits of the, of the Spirit, of the Holy Spirit, their, their virtues. And, uh, you know, we can you take a look at these, and where were we at with these 12 months ago, two years ago? Is, do, we, do we see growth? What, what does St. Paul say about the fruits of the Spirit? He names them as love, joy, patience, peace, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, Self-control. Do we uh, are, are we growing, or are we you know we, we we taking a step back? And God's always going to give us the grace to grow. But if we want to we want to know how to evaluate the, the the our the depth of our faith, you just look at daily life. And none of us are perfect. We all need to grow. But let me just touch on a few of these, and not all of them. But uh, how about patience? I think everyone here probably would desire more of that. And I think during this pandemic era where nerves are frayed more and people are just on edge more, it's like uh, this, this one can be kind of a challenge, can it? Not just with uh, you know, the people under our, the same roof, but the, uh, even out there where we, where we go to school, where we work, wherever we're at. And uh, you know, if we want to grow on this one, I think uh, just remember how patient God is with you and me incredibly patient, as he was with the Israelites. And uh, that can help us in our relationship with others. But this is one where, uh, you know, I, I hear a lot of, uh, a lot of confessions, and it's uh, one of the main things a priest does. And uh, this is probably one of the number one areas where people, they really can struggle with, you know, with, with, with patience. And a lot could be said about that, but it's, uh, that's a virtue. And how are we doing with that one? Another one would be generosity. And uh, one of the things we have to watch out for in our, our lives is one of the, the seven deadly sins of, of greed. And uh, or you can even kind of get stingy with our, with our time, resources, whatever, whatever it would be. And uh, self-centeredness is always, uh, always going to be, be a struggle. And uh, are we generous with our time where there needs to be that, that reaching out? How about our, our resources? And again, we have to be wise and prudent but that's going to be a sign of growth and through the Holy Spirit is a, a greater spirit of, of, of generosity with what we, what we have been blessed with. Another one would be love. You know, th this word is so overused in our, in our, in our world in a kind of sometimes a very casual, non-impactful way that sometimes, we would, what, what's the meaning of, 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 of love? But a Christian love 
It's right at the heart of what Jesus is, is talking about here. And we're gonna see it in our lives as we find ourselves going the extra mile more for others, sacrificing more. Remember last weekend's gospel with the, the blind Bartimaeus? He's on the side of the road. A lot of people walking right on by. Jesus heard his cry and he stopped and he responded. And as we grow in this Christian love, what's gonna happen? We're gonna hear differently. We're gonna see differently. We're gonna respond as, as Christ would desire for us to respond. And uh, God's grace enlarges the heart in his love. And uh, what, what, what shrinks it is the, uh, you know, we've got the seven deadlies that are always out there, but uh, we'll, we'll notice a, a increase in that, that love that comes from God's grace. And one, one last one I wanted to mention here is, is, is peace. And this is another one that, uh, you know, okay, what, what, do you, what, do, what do you mean here? And, uh, you know, we know in our world there's a lot of, there's a lot of conflict. It can even overflow into, you know, to violence. The Lord wants us to know peace of heart. He wants us to know peace of mind. But even out there in our, 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 our relational world, this one is very much connected to forgiveness and a spirit of, of, of reconciliation. And if I could give you a little example here, something I experienced just a couple weeks ago. I was heading up to my mom's place in McHenry to have lunch. And uh, there's a Walmart in Woodstock. I stopped there, I had to pick up a few things. And while I was there, I, I got a, ended up, decided to get a flu shot. And so I did that and then uh, you know, came out from there and I was just gonna stop up and uh, have a brief conversation with the pharmacist at the window. Well, I didn't notice that there was another guy in line and you know, they got those six foot spacing kind of things. Well, I inadvertently cut in front of him. Seriously, it was inadvertent. It wasn't, it wasn't intentional. So, and, uh, but, so I, somehow I just didn't, didn't see. You know, I was, and uh, well, he really let me have it. I mean, and uh, I, I can't even repeat some things he, he said. He, I mean, he was, he was really angry. He thought I was like, uh, you know, just cutting, cutting in line. And, uh, you know, so I, I quickly, you know, I just, sorry, and just kind of stepped back, back. So he goes up to the windows with the pharmacist and he's there quite a while. And I'm standing six feet in back of him. And uh, I'll have to admit that uh, as I'm sitting, you know, cause he really threw a zinger my way that, uh, you know, I'm getting a little more, I'm getting kind of angry. And then, uh, like in my mind's eye, my imagination, I'm kind of visualizing that we're eyeball to eyeball, toe to toe, and I'm giving him a piece of my mind. And, you know, <laughs> you know, you know and uh, now I, I know no one here has ever had a revenge fantasy or a retaliation fantasy, have you? You know, we, we, we probably all, all, all been there. And it's like, I, I was really kind of, I mean, these vengeful feelings kind of, kind of, kind of rose up. And uh, I'm just kind of sitting there stewing and all that, and it's it's kind of kind of dark, and it's like uh, it, we, we've all been there. And then, then what do we what do we do with that? A lot of times in our world, it overflows into violence and all kinds of awful stuff. And uh, you know what what did Jesus from the cross? I mean, look what what, what he experienced. You know, Father, forgive them. You know, I just kind of went back into you know inner and. You know, Lord, give me grace to, because I, I just saw it was kind of like overtaking me there. And uh, God's peace is what he desires to give us, but also to be that instrument of reconciliation. You know, sometimes it's, it's forgiveness we're going to need to do. But if there's ever going to be an a, a ending of cycles of violence and hostility and hatred, 
especially Christians are going to need to, you know, to step up and to be Christ's presence. And we need God's help to do that because we all have, it's almost like an instinctual urge to, to retaliate and to seek revenge. And we see in the world many people succumb to that and there's really sad consequences. But even our, our relational world, how do we do in this area with God's, God's peace? And as we grow deeper in that, he's going to strengthen us to be that instrument of, of, of his presence. So as we, uh, you know, we gather today and reflect on the great law of love, the last part of that is oftentimes not even touched on. That's love of self. And when Jesus says that, he's not talking about a, a self-centered, self-absorption, narcissism. A, a Christian self-love is rooted in humility that we are children of God, sons and daughters of God, and to live out of that gratitude. I encounter people who hate themselves, self-loathing, and I don't think God ever wants us to be in, in that place because we're, we're, we're children of God. Again, we've all got baggage. We all need God's grace. But uh, I think when you, when you know the love of God within, and even your own self-reflection, it's never in an arrogant sense, but a humble sense of God. Gosh, he's blessed me. And then we're more strengthened to be instruments of his presence. So as we receive the Eucharist today, let's ask the Lord that his presence grows within and that his great law of love becomes more and more part of, of who we are and what we live out of. And I, that, that little scripture I shared at, at the beginning, it's a challenging one. And I uh, can even kind of maybe visualize it on you know, our, our church doors. How can you say you love God whom you have not seen if you fail to love your neighbor whom you have seen? So may we be strengthened to put it together.